Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Sadly, the 2021 season's over, but the Bulldogs finish it with a bang. Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs 38 defeat the West Tigers 0. Um, in a game that, you know, anything really could have happened. Um, I was talking to someone before the game saying it could have easily been Bulldogs winning 30 something nil, or the West Tigers winning 30 something nil, or a Golden Point game. Um, what a way to at least to finish the year, eh? For the for us sticking strong. Yeah, absolutely. Any all fans deserved watching that game happen there. Um, it's good to be able to sit here at the end of the year. Obviously, we'll do a review episode later down the track. But to be able to sit here tonight, recording um, one another one of our normal episodes, having a bit of a smile on the dial, uh, coming off the back of a win, it doesn't mask over a lot of uh, issues that we've had this year uh, on the field but uh, as a good way to farewell some players farewell the season of 2021 and just overall end on a pretty good note uh, just having that win though like i saw gust actually tweet he said there'll be about three teams this year who'll finish off with a win that's the broncos the bulldogs and whoever wins the grand final <laughs> and no, but like you know, just having a win, just you mm. know, you you say it's funny how people you can go, oh, it doesn't matter anymore because you can't do anything or whatever. And we weren't playing to not get off the wooden spoon. Yes, that would have meant more if we got off the wooden spoon. Mm. But still, I was jumping and shouting in the lounge room. I turned on the game, not knowing what to expect, and then I was getting really behind them. It's just so funny, just a win, in no matter how it happens or what the circumstances. It just feels good. It makes the week go a little bit quicker too. I reckon. Yeah, look, I gotta say, I wasn't expecting a thirty-eight points to nil win by the Bulldogs at uh, at Redcliffe. <laughs> um, enjoyed watching it, but if we're gonna look back onto it, which we we'll dive into a bit now, I suppose thirty-eight nil, great to watch as a Bulldogs fan. It was a dark day for the West Tigers, unfortunately. Um, but I will say for the West Tigers, nothing seemed to go their way at all. It was a, it was a Bulldog day, wasn't it? Um, mm. Bounces of the balls. Um, Certain decisions, I'm not saying there was any wrong decisions, but certain decisions that could have gone the Tigers' way all went the Bulldogs. It was a blue and white day, and uh, the Bulldogs players capitalised on it as well. Um, you look, you don't want to put out negatives, but if we were um, playing to the level of that we, we'd like to, it possibly could have been 50 nil. It was mm. 38 nil with, mm. I think it was eight minutes to go and a player in the bin. So it didn't finish off the final eight minutes as well as they probably would have liked. But let's not get too carried away in the negatives there. It was fantastic to see um, some of the performances. And I suppose we'll start off with uh, the obvious one. How good was Nick Meany? Nick Meany on fire. He's definitely had a mission to um, leave the club on a high note and uh, give some thanks back. He just, you know, just didn't look like he wasn't going to leave that day until he scored a, a couple of tries. Um, he just said, just wanted it more than anyone else, and I, it's good to see because um, there was fans on social media, and one so myself after the Parramatta game. If you go back, that's when the week after he officially announces the signing to the Storm, and I said, yeah, he's gone. Before, like when when there was the speculation, will he go to Melbourne? Will he stay? Or like you know all those things. I said he's gone. I don't know if it was Melbourne or whoever it was, but Nick Min is gone. And then there was that worry, is is he going to perform and stuff like that. He had a couple of lull weeks and then he just bounced back and then he's been one of the better players to finish off the season. So it was awesome to see. I'm actually kind of glad you brought up that we could have made it 50. There was two West Tigers play Sinbin in that if we had to be negative. But when you win, when when you're coming last and you've won two games a year, you can't complain the way you win, especially when it's 38 points to, to zip. Yeah. Um, and we've got the unwanted record, Scotty. It's good to have. 
if you're in this position. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, not yes. good to have overall when you look back on it. The Bulldogs becoming the well, the team with the biggest ever win from Lark's place. Mm. Overtaking yes. uh, Newcastle over North Sydney. <laughs> yes, yes. I actually thought it was the other way around for a second. But yes, yeah, it's not yeah, it's not a record you want to have, but then mm. it was nice to have. You don't want to be in a position to be able to have it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but there you go. That's another record. The biggest win by any team coming last. 38 points to nil. Um, it was pretty one-sided. The Tigers ran out a pretty young team that uh, was outclassed on the day. Um, but let's go into some of the performances. Who you got? Actually, is- before we do, um, almost forgot this because we, we haven't won much this year. Let's go for the try scorers. Nick Meany got two. Uh, Avarillo got two as well. Harrington, Ockenbo, and Allen were the try scorers. Nick Meany kicking five from eight. I must say, um, don't forget the uh, the great uh, goal kick from Will Hopawate in the 71st minute. He was able to slot one over as a parting gift. Yeah, actually, correction. Meany's kicked four from seven, and Hopper was one from one. Overlooked hey, it. <laughs> so, no, you're right, but uh, what about that um that actual goal kick from Hopper Before we get to the players' performances and stuff, like, uh, mm. we've been someone who's, you know, wouldn't say would be the biggest Hopper fans, but we've given him points, mm. and we've wrapped him a few times and, you know, said not-so-nice things a couple of times as well, and... We've had our opinion. If you listen, if you've been a long-term listener, and you would listen to us last year when we signed him for an extension at the start of the year before the season started, we're like, "What is happening? Like, wouldn't you just?" Mm. Um, and it's a divided one. But one thing you can say for sure: Hopperwadi, Will Hopperwadi, is the top bloke, uh, who's yeah. always been great at members' days and fans' days. Like I've said, he's walked off with a group and then started signing autographs and taking photos when they told him not to take photos at some stage. So he does things for the fans. For him to kick that goal. Which it, I don't know if you saw the goal kick because it just flicked mm. on like Justin. It was an ugly goal kick. You can tell he's he stopped practicing from the age of twelve by the looks mm. of his goal kicking. But when it went over and just to see his smile on his face and stuff, yeah, you could question that. You know, did did we keep him a year too long or whatever, or did we sign him for too much money? But put that aside for a second, you could say Will Hopewhite tried his hardest all the time. Um, yeah, he's, he's a great a, club servant as well. Yeah, um, and even when he wasn't playing, well. Even when we've been critical of him, he's still put in performances that have had really good stats. Mm. Yeah, he's turned up the meters week in, uh, week I out. I did see the kick. I will stand up for him though, Scotty. As a non-goal-kicking player, it wasn't the easiest kick. It wasn't no. right in front of the post or two meters to the side of the post. It was probably about 20 out, 20 mm. out to the side. Um, so between 15 and 20 meters out to the side of the post. It wasn't the greatest-looking kick, but it wasn't the easiest kick ever either for somebody that doesn't kick goals. Yeah. So good to see him kick it. And get a little parting gift as well. That smile on his face. But hey, one from one, go down as his NRL kicking career. Doesn't matter how you get him, as long as they go over the crossbone in between the posts. Doesn't matter how it looks, as long as long as the flags go up, eh? That's it. That's it. All right. Player points for their player of the year competition. For We'll start off with the West Tigers game and we'll backtrack through the rounds that we missed due to us working on the Mitch Brown interview. Oh, what an interview, by the way. If you haven't listened to it, go back. There's two parts of the interview. Um, fantastic Bulldogs stories featuring both and uh, answering questions and generous of his time. So great podcast if you want to drop back on that one. It's definitely one of my favorites to sit down and interview out of all the people that we've interviewed for the podcast. 
over mm. the last couple of years. So uh, a lot of fun. Uh, if you're a rugby league fan, give it a listen, um, especially because um, obviously he played a chunk of his career away from the Bulldogs, which we do touch on as well. But West Tigers player points. Um, Scotty, I gave two points to Nick Beanie and one point to Brendan Wakeham. And because we haven't been recording cons- consistent episodes like this, you sent me for your points as well. For the Tigers game, you gave Nick Meany two points and Jack Everton one, so that's a bonus point for Nick Meany there. Mm. You know, must say uh, congratulations to Jack Everton who crossed for his first NRL try, by the way, on the weekend, playing in the second row. I was a bit... I scratched yep. my head a bit about that, but... Uh, good work, really look good, though. Yeah, good work, Baz. It might be a second row. Maybe Tevita Pengar Jr. is coming in to play prop. I don't know. But uh, it was a good decision by Trent Barrett. I think Gus put his hand up a little bit there for that one, saying uh, on the tweet that I saw, he's always fought Heverton's a second rower. So if it was Gus, Gus, good call. I I was like, you a bit of a raise the eyebrow at first. And I was thinking, oh, surely this is just to stiffen up that the fans have more big bodies out there. Uh, But the way he runs some of those lines out a little bit wider... Uh, it might be his calling. Yeah, well, he's he's really fast. Like we know he's. Yeah. If you look at his NRL, I think he's like the top eight players who's where obviously wears the tracking of the NRL this year. He clocked at thirty seven k's an hour, um, chasing someone down. So taking uh, him out of that engine room, it might help him with his tackling technique. Mm, not a fatigue. Things uh, a little bit. Actually, well, things a little bit wider. It's a little bit. Um, I'm not going to use the word slower, but you got a little bit more time to make a decision, get your technique right. It's not the the engine room, as I, and, as I just called it. Um, the other thing, the downside, though, Scotty, would be making those decisions, counting numbers and having to slide at times as well. Yeah. I was actually going to add another positive. Like, when you have someone like Jake Harrington who runs like he doesn't care about what's happening tomorrow. Like, we've seen the way he plays. He plays it tough, plays it aggressive. Uh, when he runs those lines and stuff, like, we bring a big guy who's not afraid to run. And imagine him, like, lining up against the halves of the opposition team. Like, he could... Um, have a big, you know, a, a big impact on games next year if that's where he's going to be. Um, having a big body who's really fast, like like I said, thirty-seven kilometers an hour. He's going to trouble the wingers if he makes a break, as what, let alone the halves if he gets through. But you know, and like I said, I, I liked it. Actually, I honestly thought Josh Jackson was playing second row when I saw that team. List. I thought it was just quickly, uh, just to throw off the Tigers a little bit and have three in the middle, mm. three big boppers in the middle. And they just was trying to throw the Tigers off a little bit. Um, mm. But no, it didn't. Yeah, and we both went meaning for the two points. I think that was pretty obvious. Two tries, had a really good game as well, competed for everything. Uh, Wakeham, there was a couple of mistakes in his game, um, admittedly, but I thought he bounced back from him. And some of the ways that he did bounce back from him uh, and some of the stuff that he, some of the kicks that he put up, um, he, he played a really good game, I thought. So that's why he got one point. Scotty, there was... Sorry, can I just add to Brennan Wakeham? I want to say how proud I am of him because... Um, a lot of critiques earlier this year or criticism. Like, he wasn't a part of the original Gold Coast group. Mm. And he flew in later and did his quarantine by himself. That would have sucked at the first place. Um, second of all, a lot of people say on Twitter, like, he just did, just looks like he doesn't care as much. Or he has that thing where he just doesn't think. Um, which I suppose, you know, I thought sometimes it looked like he didn't care as much. But that could be just because he's a cooler guy. Um, we all don't show the emotion the same way. But when he dropped the ball off the kickoff, he put his hand up, apologized to the team off the kickoff, and this was things that went the Bulldogs' way anyway. But he put his hand up and was like, he went out to take the dropout. He 
picked the gap between the Tigers players and got it into touch and gave the Bulldogs a better position to where they were going to get tackle one when he if if he caught it. So mm. I don't know. I I want to ask Brendan, did he do that on purpose? Like you know, drop the ball, sorry <laughs> boys, I gotcha, I gotcha. No, but anyway, in all seriousness, like he's a young halfback still. He's played very mm. little games or young half, whatever. He's played very little games, drops the ball. That could be enough to make you feel sick and dig a hole, even though you're winning. I think we're winning 24-0 at the time, and the game yeah. was pretty much wrapped up. Mm. He put his hand up, said sorry, and then he found a way to make it up to the to the boys. Um, yeah. And that's I wanted to highlight that because he was close to getting a point for me, and I really wanted to highlight the fact that, you know, what he said, like he makes mistakes. It's the way he bounced back sometimes, and the way he bounced back there showed nothing but class. And yeah. um, well done to him. Very proud of him. Absolutely. And before the West Tigers game, Scotty, there was two other games. Uh, one against the Newcastle Knights and one against the Manly Seagulls, the 1997 grand finalist. How did those games go? <laughs> well, they went a little bit... Um, we'll, I'll go I'll go to Newcastle. It was 22-16, uh, so it was another loss, but it was a, a tight loss. Um, mm. I'm just... You know, a bit of a story of a... Our season. Uh, we got um, pretty close to uh, Knights. We had a comeback. That was the game where Jaden Ockenball scored that beautiful try at the end. It was just a little too, little too late, but uh, we showed some promise, some fight, uh, worried a finalist team. So, you know, things that young players could, you know, mm. gain off and uh, things. And when Trent Barrett was talking about earlier, when we criticized him, you know, we're putting performances together. And that's one of those ones where a young team pushing a finalist who are playing, you know, mm. well, they're playing finals. Um, to get 22-16, never give up attitude. I mean, too little, too late, but... There's a couple of calls in that game too, if I remember correctly, that could have went another way. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a couple of calls in the next game we'll talk about what could have went our way too. <laughs> yep. And that one uh, was the Manly Seagulls game. He won 36 points to 18. I mean, the pilot, I think the talking point of that game was the Tom Dravojevic, uh Knock try. Or <laughs> no try. Um which yeah. they awarded 36 points. Well, they won 36 points to 18, but another proud effort where the Bulldogs pushed uh, Manly. Like you said, you got a player with Tom Dravojevic who's probably the daily M winner. And if he's not the daily M winner, he's still, who cares? I don't care. He's the best player in form in the competition right now, versing last. And he didn't have a field day like he did weeks before, 66-0. So I've, I'm going to give credit to Baz there. How hard it is to go from 66-0 and having a big chunk of those players who did play in that game actually believe in themselves. Um, I walked up pretty happy with that 36 points to 18 because mainly, you know, top four, top four side, um, yeah. 36 points to 18. That's yeah. a Blojevich try, man. I don't understand that. Like, they say if you if you use the ground to regather the ball, it's a knock-on. Mm. And I think he did move it off his chest to put it on the ground, but the control from one hand across his body to the other was not there. Yeah, it was loose. It was, And he never uh, fully regained the ball to ground it. He just put his hand on top of the ball and pushed it down. He I kind of re-gripped the ball. I can't, um, the week, that final week we had here, yeah, someone did something similar and they got a no-try. And then I think Vossi was commentating and he goes, well, hang on, Tom Dravojevic got a try. Like, if mm. we're using the Tom Dravojevic standard, yeah. it's four points. It was a wrong call. Um, I don't know if it had anything to do with the fact that Manly weren't putting the Bulldogs away. Um, and... You know, sometimes you notice the 50-50 calls go to the top sides, and I reckon it's a bit like human nature, I guess, that they should be winning, and it makes it harder. But it, I think that is what it is. But um, very proud of the effort of the Bulldogs. You know, we have no real superstar player like they do. Yep. Um, 
and we held him at bay, and I think we made it tougher than what he, yep. or what everyone was anticipating, not just him. All right. but yeah. So, season's over, Scotty. We need to announce the Player of the Year award, and obviously we have a little bit of a problem because we haven't got the, the points for those two previous games, but uh, well, we do, so I'll make those announcements now. Mm-hmm. Bulldogs versus Knights. Uh, you went with Josh Jackson, two points, and Lockwood Lewis, one point. Well, I went with Luckily Lewis two points, so that's a bonus point. And Ryan James with the one point. Against Manly, you went Josh Jackson two points and Nick Meady one point. I went Brendan Waken two points and Chris Patolo one point. So no bonus points there. Patolo gets onto the board for the first time in the year in the second Larks round as well. Which leaves us with um with the the announcement of the twenty twenty one Bulldogs Fans Podcast Player of the Year. Um, how should we do this, Scott? Top five? Yeah, let's go top five and work our way backwards. Yeah, backwards. Alrighty. In fifth place, have you got it in front of you as well? Well, I did not have it in no, front of me. That's all right. I thought you were going to announce it. <laughs> no, no, no. Fifth, I'm just watching. Fifth place, uh, it's Jeremy Marshall King with 12 points over the course of the year. Well done. Oh, well done, Jez. Uh, unfortunately, you know, his season hampered by injury a bit. A couple yep. of injuries at the start and then in the middle there. You know, he could have actually had a real play at number one there. So, in fourth, in fourth place, a uh, player who's no longer with the Bulldogs uh, on 13 points uh, was Dallin Watane Zalazniak. Yeah, that's um, a tad embarrassing a little bit when a player who's played half the year elsewhere. But uh, he did have a good start, I thought, and he played turn for metres. It's funny, though, he never actually won. With us, but he was a. I thought anyway personally, he gave him a lot of the points. I think, <laughs> he got a lot of, I think from memory, he might have got a lot of points early on in the year mm-hmm. when we were losing, uh, but he was doing some pretty good and strong stuff from the back. Um, and then, yeah, uh, he, he had a pretty good year. If you take away his, some of the brain snaps, like let's be honest, his performances were good. He just made a decision here and there that were, weren't good. And I think ultimately saw him. Shun door, unfortunately. Okay, mm. now yeah, into the agreed. podium positions. It is an Olympic year, so let's do it that way. In I like bronze, it. <laughs> bronze medal, Josh Jackson on 14 points, shooting up the table in the final few rounds, courtesy of um, winning player, or Scott's player of the match against the Knights and the Seagulls. I just liked it. The game against the Seagulls, like, I just remember the, the section which just defines his year. He made a try saving tackle. And then pretty much collapsed after it on fifth and last. Uh, and then he stopped. If you notice too, when Travojevic had some of those plays, it was Josh Jackson in the inside, like cutting it down. So I I think his efforts have been fantastic. And I thought, you know, those those two games was as good as any for him this year. Yep. In second place on 19 points, so a bit of a gap between second and third is Nick Meany. This one's a bit sad because he's not with us next year. But yeah, what a year. What a way to finish the season too. Bloody hell. You got a bonus point in the final round there as well to go from tied with Jackson to outright second. And in first place on a whopping 28 points. Got a lot of bonus points, um, especially early in the year as well. Uh, Luke Thompson. Great season. He came in against Melbourne this year, if we remember back. And I've never seen a player lose a game 56 points or whatever the 14. Maybe someone might want to correct that scoreline. But... The Big, and then he walked off the field and got a standing ovation. Yeah, you know that's how massive, good. massive impact when he first came back. I think that was about round six. Um, 
Mm. Yeah, it's a uh, it will there obviously. Oh, back in the days when you could go to the football. Mm. <laughs> yes. Alrighty. Um. So we did it a bit differently this year with the bonus points and the two and the one instead of the free two and one. But I think Scott, at the end of the year, you can't really. I don't think anyone really can complain with our top three of Luke Thompson, Nick Manning, and Josh Jackson. No, I think they, the the shining lights of, you know, our season. If Luke Thompson, uh, if we had a suspension thing, or if you got suspended twice, like a, the Daly M's or whatever it is, yeah. um, Nick Manny would be a pretty good winner. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what, Dallin gets into the podium, if that happened? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. I just, wanted to, just thought that was a bit funny. But no, Luke Thompson, I thought, was harshly done by in some of those, one of those suspensions in particular. But um, he makes a difference. That game against Cronulla, like, oh, if we had two of him out there. I think we come back from behind and then end up smashing them. That's how good he was. Like, he just single-handedly just put a mission on, like, just had a mission to knock everyone over. Well, while we're on the awards, Scott, apparently somebody else has been announcing awards for the Bulldogs today as well. Well, it was the Bulldogs. <laughs> it was the Bulldogs. Um, let's, uh, why don't we compare them to what we have, especially when we get to the player of the year one, mm. and see, and we'll have our opinion on these ones. Um, so just before you do, Scott, I haven't actually seen these. So oh, cool. you announce it, and then everybody listening to this who's got through the first 21 minutes of us yammering on after the really good episode of Mitch Brown um, will hear my initial reaction. So. Oh, cool, cool. This is good. This is good. Um, I like this type of thing when we don't know from each other and we have to re- where we are actually reacting. Uh, the, so the, the awards night or the awards day was today, so if those who follow the social media, Bulldogs made it a full-day event. Uh would have been interesting to see what it was like to be done or how it was done. Uh, probably done very low key, either up in Queensland or almost virtually. But anyway, the club person of the year award, this one's a surprise. Uh, he's not a player at all. Uh, we got surprised last year, Jackson Topany winning it uh, without playing an NRL game. But mm. it's actually Adrian Lowe, who's actually the head. Uh, he, he's the orange shirt. He's the actual orange shirt on uh, game days. Uh, the physiotherapist he is. Uh, he, he wasn't the one that gave uh, Lachlan Lewis the all-clear against Melbourne, was he? Against Souths. Against Souths, against, Yes, against Souths. Yes, that was the one who gave him the all-clear. He was also gave Jack Avrillo the all-clear against North Queensland, uh, where Avrillo was a uh, thing. Uh, and then he gave, I can't remember, he gave someone else the all-clear, and then they had to be taken off for HIA after as well. So he had a couple of HIAs, but club person of the year. Um, oh, um, mate, Congratulations to him, but uh, that Lachlan Lewis one in particular was... Well, we got copped a fine for it. It was horrible. Uh, I remember being in the crowd for that game, looking at our group going, (laughs) what's happening here? He's clearly KO'd. He was at Disneyland, but anyway. Uh, Maybe it's of his sacrifice. I mean, everyone sacrificed to go to Queensland, but, you know, all the work behind the scenes stuff. Absolutely. uh, So I'm sure there's so much highlights that we haven't... We haven't been able to see, but yeah, that Lachlan Lewis good to one. See, good to see the club recognise um, the other staff as well involved. Yeah. So, good stuff. That's good. Uh, the Peter Warren, which is the Community Award, uh, yep. is no surprise. It's Raymond Fatala Mariner. Uh, he's been, you know, doing extra work in the community. He's been doing, um, going back from last year, he's pretty much, since, since he's been injured, he's, before the COVID, he's been uh, trying to get his name out there. Yeah, he's been. But it was a story where he actually said that now he's injured and it didn't yeah. go the way he wanted it to. He could either kick 
stones and just get himself back on the field or actually make something out of it and do something how positive. Many, how many games did he play this year, do you know? Oh, Preston without notice. I know, it feels like I'll find that out for you, I think. But the reason why I ask is because I almost forgot he was a Bulldogs player, to be honest. It's been a long season with COVID and um, mm. moving to Queensland and all that sort of stuff. But I saw him on a, a list of players, I think, for um, for next year. And I was almost like, oh, that's right. <laughs> we He's not departing. Not, for yeah, not um, that he was departing. I just sort of forgot him completely, to be honest. Well, He's a good player. I love watching him play. So I was, I was quite shocked when um, that situation just, came Just out. the two games. Yeah, so he got go. an ankle injury where he was meant to be originally four to like eight weeks or something like that. Where and then it would t- it blew out to proportion to where he was meant to be back in round twenty, mm. and then then he needed to have surgery on top of the, his failed surgery. Yeah. So hopefully he's all good. The the latest with anyway with Raymond Fatalamarino is he should be back around that December mark to full. I think um, we we as a team missed him a lot more than uh, a lot of people have talked about. Yeah, actually. Yeah, I think so. Imagine him with Luke Thompson and him. And don't forget, Raymond Fatalamara a couple of years ago was playing off the middle off the bench a bit too. So he could play the middle and the edge quite effectively. Yeah, well, we've had the conversation on here quite a few times where we're talking about um, being light in the pack. Mm. Um, And he brings some size and some skill and some experience as well. Uh, Mm. Quality quality as player as well. So um, hopefully that impact... Of him being on the field next year will be a good one. Yeah, I hope so. For the community, the Peter Warren community. Well said, well said. Uh, the Steve Mortimer, which is the Rookie of the Year award, this one oh. took me by, I was absolutely shocked, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it was Bailey Biondiodo. And not that he doesn't deserve it from talent. Mm. I just thought it was a given to Aaron Shop. Played pretty much the whole year at center. Yeah. So maybe Shop. Um... Disqualified himself for playing too long, <laughs> given <laughs> given the state of our team at the moment. He's a season um, pro now, isn't he? Compared to some of the other players, yeah. Um, look, it is a bit of a surprise. I thought Shop was a, a shoe in, um, but Bailey's been really impressive as well, playing in a different position um, most of the season. Now, dummy half, um, and he's had some really nice touches when he's been given the opportunity in the halves a few times as well. Um, he's one of my favourite players to watch um, moving forward, one of my favourite young players to watch moving forward in the competition. So I can't wait to watch him develop even more so going forward. So mm. feel for shop, but uh, well done to Bailey. Maybe they announced Aaron Shop and he said, excuse me, too many games. <laughs> Pass it down the thing. But no, well done. I, I thought it was yeah, just Aaron. It. Anyway, we'll go to the coaches award. Um, I was a tad surprised by this one, but it was Jake Avrillo who won the coaches award. Yeah, well, he gives a hundred percent every week, doesn't he? So, really talented player. Um, I think his strongest—I think anyone could argue—strongest aspect is his running game. Um, and if you got people running off him with a little flick pass here and there after a half break, that's where he's at his most dangerous. He's had to step up into the halfback role. For mm. majority of the season and run the team around, uh, which he did pretty well to start with. And I think towards the end of the season, we mentioned a couple of times that he did look a bit tired out there. But you can't argue that even when he was looking a bit tired uh, towards the end of the season, he was still giving more than 100%. So yeah. he's a think... definite Bulldog player. 
Um, people that listen to the podcast will know what a Bulldog player is mm-hmm. when we say it like that. Um, and I can't wait for him going forward. There's a few Bulldog players that um, Bulldog players that um, hoping that we keep a hold of going forward that are young coming through, including um, Dury and Topley. Yeah, I I love Dury. He reminds us of Josh Jackson when we said that. Um, yeah, young Josh Jackson last year. The way he would just hit the ball, like hit the, it just came into top grade, looked like a pro. But yeah, and Jackson Topley, just something about him. He's so humble too. By the way, I just like everything about him. Um, Dr. George, uh, Dr. George Propona, sorry, uh, which is Bulldogs Player of the Year, which is how it's voted is by the players uh, mm-hmm. post game. So it's pretty much who's won the most players player award, and it's an interesting one because so players well, player of the season. Yeah, yeah. Well, but voted by the players, which is I don't mind yeah. that. I like that because you know sometimes like we saw last year, Kieran Foran won it, which yeah. was a surprise for everyone, but um. You actually saw Aiden Tomlin come close to winning it, and it gives players who sometimes don't get the lime or the lime media off. hype. Yeah, media hype. Um, but you, when you know and you're on the field and you're in battle and the person next to you has saved you so many times or does whatever, um, it goes to the skipper Josh Jackson, who's the uh, thing, and I think that's a, a well-deserved award. Like you know, his last few. Uh, yeah, a lot of what if you're a, a casual Bulldogs fan. Um, or maybe you're a newer fan in the last couple of years or something. You, well, you could you could be forgiven for watching a Bulldogs game and thinking Jackson doesn't have much impact. Yes, yeah. yeah sure. um, he's all, but if you look at his stats, he's always got the work rate high. He's always doing a lot, a lot for the team. But I've spoken to players uh, previously about the impact that he makes on the field. Um, his presence on the field, and they can't speak highly enough of him. So that does not surprise me at all that mm. Josh Jackson um, gets the Players' Player of the Year award. Uh, came third in our one as well. So I think a lot of people watching rugby league, whether the Bulldogs fans or not, can underappreciate Josh Jackson um, and not understand how important he is to that team. That he actually is. Yeah, I think he. I mean, Josh. Obviously, Josh Jackson being the captain, you know, gets a little bit more, and a lot of, like you said, a lot of older older fans don't appreciate. And I think he goes to like. So I'm going to compare him to a similar player or a similar style of player. And just before him, David Stagg. Again, someone some people said copped a little bit from the fans, but you you know when he first started, 50 tackles a game. And then he was sliding and he was taking tackles of props. Like you would see him run around and take tackles of props and you would see Staggy holding the defensive line and stuff like that. Those are things that, you know, the kids don't aspire to be, but you need them in your side and they don't get the media hype. Is it fair to say he's half stat, half a David Stagg, half a Andrew Ryan? Yeah, no, that's fair. Like I was just saying that people like David Stagg who you talk to some fans. I just thought of it then. Yeah, you talk to some fans like myself. And I'll tell you how good David Stagg is. And you talk to some other fans, especially now, and they'll go, yeah, yeah. Uh, and some don't like it at all. And, it's, and you yeah. know, he's not going to, you know, stay going to win your games. And then actually a, a weird one to throw out. Um, well, he, which, he might not win you the games with the likes pass or the kick or yeah. something like that, but he'll save you the game. Yes, no, and that's exactly what Josh says. And another one I'm going to throw, which is a random one, which is a different position completely, 
But what I felt had this like a similar impact was like someone like Sam Parrott, right? Uh, not your superstar winger, not your genuine out there superstar winger, but for what you know, the meters that he was someone who came in and did those dummy half runs and he did those things that you know sometimes you know when the, we weren't going forward and you know he would be the first person to put his hand up to help the forwards out when he saw they were tired, and he was like a workhorse winger, and some people go oh you know they'll see uh, Samir Raja at roughly the same time and be like oh we, you know how good's that. But then you like Mike Acevo today, like a lot of Parramatta fans I've noticed have turned on Mike because he doesn't like doing the tough runs from his own end. But you look at someone like Sam Parrott, he might not have been the highest rated top try scorer, but my goodness, he was safe as houses, never let you down, and always was first to put his hand up to a tough dummy half run or one out run from your own goal line that, you know, you know you're going to get absolutely smacked when you, when you run those ones back as a winger. Mm. So just just players like that. Do we have any other awards? No, that's it, because there's no Nissan's <laughs> Cup, obviously, player awards. I don't even know if we would do them anymore with the Mounties. Yeah, that'd be interesting, won't it? Mm, um, interesting, well, yeah. Uh, one year left on that agreement, so we're hoping that that will be the end of that. <laughs> yeah, agree. <laughs> Got a throw it out there. Um, alrighty, uh, we've missed out on some Bulldogs news over the last couple of weeks, Scott, so we'll touch on a few of the bigger things that happened in the last three weeks. Um and anything else that's that's been new. Yeah, so obviously uh, Adam Elliott, again, uh, in the headlines for all the wrong reasons, again. Um, yeah, so the incident up at a restaurant with Millie Boyle in the bathroom. Um, yeah. I don't know why you have to go to the bathroom for a kiss. Um, with your shirt off. <laughs> I was going to be a little bit more polite and say maybe that's suggestive of something else. Uh, so, But that's disappointing. And look, a lot of fans and members have turned around and said that uh, we need to get rid of him. Um, it's happened too many times. Um, it's hard to argue <laughs> as well with with that. So I'd be interested to see. He had a meeting with the board yesterday, I believe, two days ago on Monday. Monday night, yeah, Monday night, yeah. On Monday night. So um, interested to see what the result of that one will be. Yeah, like, can we just say, I, I don't like me. You're the final person in charge. You're the one who pulls the pin or says, no, you can stay with an agreement. Because he's spoken about actually banning alcohol as a part of, the, you know, a term and condition. If he touches any grog, he could be sacked. That's how much he's mm. gone into desperate knowing that he's in trouble. Because remember last time he admitted that he had an alcohol problem and saw thing, and it looked like a desperate move then where the Michael Leisha incident only at the start of the season, which just happened around yeah. Members Day. Um now he's gone into an even more desperate state, knowing that he's skating on very, very thin ice uh, at the Bulldogs. He's gone, no, I'm I'm committed to quit alcohol completely. And if I touch any alcohol, and let's face it, you know, the boys after a tough preseason, not, you know, around the Christmas break, traditionally, you know, they might, a couple of them, especially if Sydney should be opening up apparently soon, which is be a bit excited for the players. But with that anyway, um, a tough preseason around Christmas, and you know they have that week or two weeks off around the Christmas and New Year stuff. Very traditional. A lot of the team go out and go for a drink together. Can he be trusted? And then can he also be going to these events without touching? I mean, obviously, you can you don't have to touch alcohol, but it'll be around him constantly. Yeah. Hey, look, you're talking about there is going to be riled up to the state I was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so look. If you're saying, do I get the final decision? Yeah, I want to I'm see your judge. decision. And Yeah, look, I'd probably let him go. It's happened too many times. Um, around the same things? Yeah, around yeah. alcohol and um, 
stripping off in public and doing just inappropriate things in public spaces. Um, yeah, I'd probably help that ice break a bit, mm. to be honest. And look, from a future point of view, it opens up more salary cap space, uh, which could help us get um, maybe another forward or two mm. into the club as well. Uh, and I know that should not be the reason why you I'm glad uh, you touched on fire that. a player or not, um, but it's a benefit, I think. Um, I've, I find it hard to believe a lot of parts of that story up in, at the restaurant. Um, he gave up alcohol earlier. Um, For seven months, yeah, roughly. To, well, that's what he says. He's, he's given up alcohol completely. Um, and apparently this night is the first time he's touched alcohol in seven months, that you said, and something's happened. <sighs> I question that, to be mm. honest. Like, you'd have to be the most unlucky bloke in the world that you give up alcohol and then the first time you touch it, you happen to be in the headlines again. Mm. Yeah. but I, So I've got question marks about that as well. I'm... Um, I think he's put the club into disrepute too many times and I think, yeah. for me, the end of the line's here. I yeah. think the club will also, if you make me predict, I think the club will also make that decision. I think perhaps it might just be a thing of checking the checking the law book. Mm. I I think either he's sacked from the club or the club tells him he's got no future in the NRL side next year. So that means we'll help you look for a new club because apparently there's a couple of clubs interested anyway for a part of the contract. Uh, obviously, if, you know, if you're signing him for two hundred fifty thousand, it could be worth it. We know, like last year, how good Adam Elliott was. He had a pretty bad year this year. I, I thought anyway, um, he's, but yeah, I, I somewhat agree. Like if, but if you go alcohol, if you genuinely think alcohol is a concern, you lasted seven months and you mm. do that. But the thing that annoys me as well, which I don't think people put in uh, too much perspective is that he's been given a lucky go to live up in the Queensland. So they had to quarantine for a couple of weeks uh, or like stay in hotel quarantine while they were playing football and had no contact. And then they were allowed out to the public where they could actually do events like going out to restaurants and, you know, going to get their hair cut and go out for coffee and live life pretty much normal, really, but on the Gold Coast from a hotel room, right? Like for some of those young players, that'd be an experience of a lifetime. Like you had a trip with mm. a few of your best mates and then he's doing all this willy-nilly stuff, going out to a restaurant, you know, again, alcohol, took it to the bathroom. If you didn't take it to the bathroom, probably not in trouble. Um and his shirt, but you got people in Sydney who can't even go five k's out of their radius, and the people of Canterbury, Bankstown, the hardest hit, one of the hardest hits area, where you know COVID just going whoosh, straight through Canterbury, Bankstown, and you got people like Aaron Warburton, you know, and uh, Hasmore Majory and all that, you know, donating a lot of time trying to help with uh, the food handling out and all that. I see that more of a punishment, like he just. I don't know, smack in the face. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, you're up there to play football. You could bring some joy to the, the fans, and he's on the complete opposite while up there. Yeah. My biggest, my bigger concern is that we've got to rebuild this club at the moment. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, on and off the field, and that personality of getting in trouble every, I don't know, six to eight months is not what we need at the club. So, 
Yeah, no, I, agree. I, I think it's probably best to part part ways. I think it might be better for him too, to be honest. Part ways, go start afresh somewhere else. He might be able to reinvent himself and become a long-term NRL player. Well, that's what I reckon personally as well would help him learn and be like, oh, shit, um, these, these are consequences for your actual decisions. These are what actually happen, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can find him, smack him on the wrist. Like a fine, Some fines are not, you know, it's a bit of a smack on the wrist. But, um, yeah, I think if he got told to, you know, you can't play for the club that he grew up supporting. Yeah. Um, I think that would, you know, wake him up a little bit. But if you think, right, you think that was stupid, wait for this one. Obviously, this was an obvious one that's been going around oh, for quite right. a while. Yeah. But uh, Lachlan Lewis... Uh, stealing speakers uh, provided by the NRL estimated to be around about $500 plus. Uh, speakers were provided uh, PlayStations and other, you know, goods, I guess. Entertainment goods, whatever, was provided by the NRL as like a thank you for them to use whilst in whilst they're in this bubble, well, whilst they're up in the hotel, but especially for the first couple of weeks when they were allowed to travel to a training field um, into a common room and then your mm. hotel room and you couldn't like go out. Um, when the story broke, he said it was a practical joke. I don't know if uh, Adam Elliott lent him some money to get some heat off him when it happened. <laughs> um, but I've read some reports. I don't, know, to... I don't know too many practical jokes that ends in theft. Yeah, and not theft from a teammate too. Theft from, I don't yeah. know. There's something that's... Practical jokes where you hide things from people that you know well. Mm. But to steal something from an organisation to go to sell it, how is that a practical joke? Yeah, and I the think... It's a joke. Mm. I think it's more... <laughs> um, if you, like, if I was to borrow your car and then get a speeding fine, I'll tell you about it. Because it goes That's to your number plate. Yeah. Well, I think it's just, like, that no, says... Right. That's as tasteful as the practical joke is. But if, well, that was like his first lay of defense. And then he's, you know, apparently he was caught by a Bulldogs official who told him not to do anything. And the Bulldogs official alerted things that they were worried that something was going to happen. And he did. And then finally, apparently he accepted the money, which he had to refund. So he actually made the sale, which mm. at one stage he was claiming he never made a sale. But there was later reports saying he actually did make the sale. And that's why he was in bigger trouble because he actually went through with it. Uh so it's just stupid, isn't it? Like it's stupidity at its best, especially in the position that he's in. Like coming off contract, but sounds of things, no other clubs reached out to him to give him a deal, and now he's done this. Has he got money issues? Is he worried about money issues going forward? I don't know how five hundred dollars is going to fix that, but it's it's just. I'm at a loss to explain it because it's just it's just stupid. Um, now he's put himself in a position where he still doesn't have a club for next year and needs to pay the NRL a fine, which will probably only happen if he gets a club, um, and needs to be cleared to be registered mm. going forward. So he's got to go through a whole process. It's not so much just sign the paper or send it into the NRL. There's going to be a whole process about it. So I don't know. He's really... Really hurt his hurt himself there. So maybe that's who the practical joke was on. It was a practical joke on himself. Um, mm. I don't that's know. Interesting. It's ridiculous. Could I put this one out there? Um, before this happened, before the speaker of theft happened, you know, Lachlan was played a couple of decent games. 
and you know against the Roosters. You got my two his... points against Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say you got my one point in Newcastle. He had the good game against yeah. the Roosters where we got both our two points. Yeah. Earlier in the year, then he had that brain explosion where he threw Cody Walker. By the way, there's some funny memes about that. They put Cody Walker's NRL speaker on his face and then. <laughs> Look, let's take it. I thought that was hilarious. You have to share those with me afterwards. Yeah, sweet. Um, I'll find. I'll see if I can find them again. But there were some good ones. But no, but Lachlan was right. Um, comes to you right. Apparently, the Bulldogs have got one spot left in their top thirty. I mean, pending on what happens with Adam Elliott at the moment. Um, yeah. And if there's other signings, but apparently Lachlan Lewis's manager has been shopping him around for minimum wage contracts. So he's going to go from four fifty to one hundred and twenty or a hundred thousand, which is a big hit to the pocket. Maybe that's what scared him. To get that five hundred bucks, I don't know, but if the if he came to you right and said, "Hey, we should," it's worth to take a look at Lachlan Lewis again, mm. but at one hundred and ten thousand instead of four hundred and fifty thousand, which I think is a shockingly dumb deal that we signed him in the first place for that high. But yeah. if he if his manager came back to you and said, "Hey, if the NRL approved this, we're shopping Lachlan Lewis around for one hundred ten thousand mm. before this incident even happens." It's a tempting offer for the Bulldogs to sign a half, mm. potentially, who's going to play reserve grade, who will only be playing in a role if there's an injury crisis or origin thing will come sweeping through the Bulldogs. Um, you know, you start to think, you know, possibly it's not a bad deal, 110000 You might play a game or two next year. You'll mm. be playing for the Mounties, you know. We'll have a competitive Mountie side probably with him in it. Um he has a point to prove. You start to think, you know, maybe we might sign. Yes, there's a lot of halves at the Bulldogs. Mm. He might be worth something to keep him around and see what happens. But then he stills a speaker. I don't know if the Bulldogs were interested, but I was just thinking if he's shopping him around for minimum wage and the Bulldogs have a minimum wage spot, there's an opportunity, despite being not wanted, to be wanted again. Mm. So I don't know. It's dumb, but... I was just thinking, would you would you consider Lachlan's before that on a hundred and ten thousand deal? Me personally, I wouldn't, uh, purely because we've got four halves off the top of my yeah. head. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got Wakem, but uh, Biondiodo, and then obviously Flanagan and Burton. I don't Avril. think, or Avarillo. I don't think he's going to be playing the halves next year. But um, it's Avarillo as well, so there's five. Um, to let's get rid of Avarillo because he's got a bit of utility about him. Yeah. To have five players who are out and out. Um, halves in your salary cap, your top 30, um, is not smart salary cap management. So for me, I wouldn't have considered it beforehand either. It, uh, it, anyway, however, if I was like the Raiders or something that might need a backup half, mm-hmm. or the yeah. Cowboys, or maybe um, even the Dragons, yeah, yeah, someone that's you know got a few runs on the board, uh, needs to be able to prove themselves at a at a even 150k a year, you probably look at it. Uh, not now. Too much hassle for someone that's going to be on uh, essentially minimum wage. Yeah, no, no, I just thought it was a, a shot in the foot to himself. Um, the Bulldogs did uh, and uh, announce a signing uh, this week, uh, which wasn't a shock. Uh, it was the young Rabbitohs hooker Joshua Cook, uh, who's been playing understudy yeah. to Damian Cook. The reason it's not a surprise is because Gus uh, leaked it a couple of weeks ago, saying he was a part of the top 30 uh, for next year. Yep. Uh, on Twitter, I don't know if it was an accidental thing by Gus because he was just answering a genuine question, who was a part of the Bulldogs' top 30 at the moment? And he put uh, Joshua Cook's name down. A uh, young hooker who signed a two-year deal, an out-and-out hooker. Um, there's some raps on him, and he, plus he's playing under uh, Damian Cook for the last couple of years. 
Yeah, and apparently he was next in line to play hooker for the Rabbitohs this year, but only injury prevented that. And um, the other, the young under-20 player for South ended up taking that opportunity. Um, I haven't seen much of him play, to be honest, so I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes. He's also mm. known as Cookie, um, for obvious reasons. Uh, he's got a lot of wraps on him, so good luck to him. Uh, it's still a bit of an area of concern for mine going forward in 2022, uh, the hooking role. Uh, so hopefully he could come out and it'd be NRL standard pretty quickly. That would be awesome. Because uh, mm. if, if not, I think there's still a little bit of a concern area. Yeah, it's, it's interesting though. Could, could this be the biggest thing? Remember how we let Damien Cook go and it's the classic, oh, thanks, Des, thanks, uh, Rayland Castle. Could it be the ultimate payback? Because, you know, Damien Cook now is towards the end of his career, still the origin representative. We could have pinched a hooker for the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah. So wouldn't that be the biggest payback if we got, uh, if Joshua Cook, you know, lives through his potential? But, yeah, it's always a, you know, unfortunately, you know, injury this year, but also not playing much reserve grade because of the COVID situation. Hopefully next year with, uh doesn't matter what COVID's doing. It looks like this, the governments in Australia or the, the state ones have pulled the line and said once the vaccination rate, so it shouldn't matter if we're getting 50,000 cases a day or one. Um, it looks like New South Wales will be living on. So that means New South Cup. That's where I'm going with that one. So hopefully, you know, yeah, well, it might play a few there and doesn't matter what happens with COVID. It looks like that will just be a thing of the past. Without getting too politically, too political, I should say, it does look like that at least some of the people by March next year, we'll be living a normal life, uh, especially within New South Wales. So, uh, oh, obviously, just... obviously, the government has to announce exactly what that means to everybody, whether vaccinated or non-vaccinated. But um, you'd imagine that it would be back to uh, footy, would be back to normal. Maybe the crowds will take a little bit of a hit uh, for certain people that um, are worried. Uh, yeah, we don't want to get vaccination for whatever reason. Um, and we don't know what it's going to look like. That's the point of what I'm trying to get across right now, whether... Uh, both vaccinated and unvaccinated will be allowed into crowds. But I think it's safe to say that by March next year, the NRL season will look like it did three years ago. Yeah, I just want to just say the point that New South's cut. Let the players bloody play. That's uh, what, what I mean. Saying. New South Wales yeah. Cup's part of the NRL structure. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the point I'm getting at, yes. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah. And that would be good for, uh, if I picture him personally, maybe yeah. playing so a couple of weeks in the Mounties. New Cup, Jersey Flag, Rod Massey, the whole, the whole shebang will be... Um, Back to normal. Which would be fantastic. Yeah. We're rambling a little bit um, with that. Um, the departing players. Uh, it's sometimes it's a it's an interesting feeling, isn't it? It's you know sometimes you know you're like yes, a player's leaving, and you know fans have been calling on social media, but it's also a very no, but it's a sad thing with all of them mm. at the same time. And uh, I'll read through the list of the departing players. Um, the yeah. way the website posted it, so there's no reason players are f- first or last, okay? So Dylan Napa, Will Hopawati, yeah. Lachlan Lewis, Nick Meany, Renofatoni, Sione Katoa, Dean Britt, Chris Smith, James Renomnus, Bradley Dietz, Watson Hatella, Kiku Manu, and then I'm going to add, of course, the one who departed earlier this year, Dallin Watanese-Lesniak, who mm. I feel like, you know, he should be added to that list anyway, um, because he did play this year. And... Um, with those, you know, it's interesting. It's a big turnaround. Like last year, there was, we thought there was a big group of players leaving. Uh, mm. Whereas I think there was like five or six people leaving. Now it's, you know, 12. 
are players who are officially, uh, you know, farewelled at the awards and the um, before the last game of the year. And you know, it's it's an interesting one. Um, I felt like the likes of like Dylan Napa, despite probably knowing for a long time, despite Fox Sports not sure why. Um, I thought you know he he played a really good game against the West Tigers and he was actually playing well, so he finished on a strong suit. So. Um, and we know we spoke about you know how local and Lewis how would we sign him would we not sign him and then you got the likes of Dean Britt and Chris Smith and stuff like that you know who Dean Britt uh, came with a lot of hope but never worked out um, they are people as well and they're yeah. players and we should appreciate no matter who rocks in the blue and white uh, for their efforts and they have to go for preseason that sucks um, <laughs> but you know they do play their hardest I can never say none of them um, didn't do what they thought was best or played to their best of ability. So um, I do want to thank them all personally for their time, some longer than others, and you know, but they all, you know, played a part in the Bulldogs. And so thank you for that. few surprises in there for me in particular. I don't necessarily disagree with any of the decisions made, um, but the few surprises for me was like Bradley Dietz, Kiko Manu. Mm. Um, I, I was shocked by Kiko Manu. Yeah, I thought he's... Mm. He has some potential, and I hope he lands somewhere else uh, and continues to develop. Uh, he could be quite a good, good handy player. Bradley Dietz um, set the world on fire in the trials. His best game was a trial match uh, against the Sharks. Probably didn't regain that form throughout the NRL. Um, but in saying that, I thought he might have been given another year to see how he could progress. So. Yeah, it would have been cheap too, hey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I hope he lands. He's been around a few places, broadly, uh, especially in the New South Cup. So hopefully he lands somewhere as well, and he's able to um, continue on with his career. Now I hope the likes of someone like Chris Smith as well. Um, I think he's been nothing but good for the Bulldogs when he's been able to play. He's had a bit of um, up and down with injuries. Chris and Smith his... is sorry, mate, but Chris Smith's the type of player to go to Melbourne. Yeah, no, I, who knows? We might be announced in a couple of weeks. So, obviously, Nick Meany's obviously off to Melbourne. That was announced. That's not a shock. Um, despite, I think I saw a social media comment like, oh, why are we letting him go? Well, he signed with Melbourne. We weren't letting him go. We offered him a contract. Um, then, obviously, Hopawadi a few weeks ago was announced to St. Helens and stuff. But a lot of these players, hopefully, I mean, Rafa Tony looks like he's going to the Roosters and stuff like that. A lot of these players don't have anything lined up for next year. Well, hopefully they do, and it's just not official yet. Because it's that's a it's a nerve wracking time for people at the end of the year when they haven't signed a contract and the likes of Chris Smith and Dean Britt who, unfortunately, been they can't show what they got in this one's cup because Dean Britt, uh, for those who watch the Mounties games, well, at least when he was playing on Foxtel, he was carving through the making meters for fun and he got to into a game of NRL this year based on his New South Cup form alone, um, and like Chris Smith, like you said, should go to Melbourne if there's opportunity, um, yeah. but. You know, you look at his NRL career, his time with the Roosters and Panthers, like playing four things. When he played two games in one year, that was the most games he's ever played in a season in NRL over a long period of time. And it's because of injuries mm. and just the lack of opportunity. Like he's He just keeps getting injured at the wrong time. And you yeah. can't say like Chris Smith last year when he was playing the back end of last year, he was one of our better players coming like coming up. And we're excited then he, spends, he doesn't start the season because of the likes of Corey Waddell and all that coming. But... He spends a lot, big chunk of the season injured again. So it's unfortunate that mm. that happens. So I do feel for those players, but I hope they all end up somewhere nice, continue 
if they don't continue playing rugby league, I hopefully their you know whatever their next endeavor is or whatever the future holds, I hope they all yeah, yeah get to the right place. Alrighty, back to the normal episode, Scotty. So oh, that... um, just us rambling on now. Yeah, but it's because we haven't. You know, we had Mitch Brown a couple of weeks ago, and if you. Mm. We, I think we said a couple of times, listen to that one. Um, so we did that over one night and two episodes because of how generous of his time it was. And we got to win. When we win, yeah. sometimes we ramble on. That's why. We, we did um, manage the time at well to make our comeback for the win, <laughs> which was good. Next week, we'll be back doing a NRL Bulldog season review. Is that right? Yeah, we've got uh, the reviews should go over two weeks. So we split the players in half uh, from alphabetical order. We give them a rating, and then we have to back up why we rated them a certain way, and what we liked and what we didn't like uh, with the year. Um, it's always a fun show because sometimes our points go or our things go completely opposite, but then we agree. But because usually me, much more generous to those injured players, sometimes when giving them points. Yep. Alrighty. Well. I guess till next week. Oh, what's the social media, Scotty? Yeah, uh, the Twitter is at NRL Bulldogs fans. Yep. Instagram is NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Our Facebook page is just NRL Bulldogs fans podcast. And if you want to get in touch with us via email, it's NRL Bulldogs dot fans at gmail.com. 